Hey, I think I think we're on. <laughs> Welcome to the Micro Effect Broadcasting Network. Hi, I'm your host, Tony Pantelarusco, and you're listening to us live and in living color. You can access the show by typing in www.themicroeffect.com. Then click on the appropriate links, the chat room links. Come on in, make friends, get acquainted, solve some issues, brainstorm, come up with great ideas. You can access me as well by going to certain sites, or well, actually all over the internet. If you look at, if you type in Herbs Plus Speedworks or my name, somewhere, someplace, somebody will have me somewhere. But you can get me at brian396.com, you can get me at bluesky.com, gagcanada.com. No, these are Canadians. <laughs> And other places as well in the U.S. and throughout Europe. Um, I started putting in the chat room a bunch of links I think <clears throat> might help a lot of people. Uh, I put in a place where you might want to buy copper by the roll if you want or by the sheet. Um, I'm going to put in here something about deep neural networks are more accurate than humans at detecting sexual orientation from facial facial images. Can you imagine that? There's actual technology now that can actually determine or know that what gender you are. They didn't they never mentioned transgender, I have to say. They didn't mention uh, heterosexual, males, female and homosexual. And they were able to distinguish from the face alone the orientation of a woman, if she was gay or not, or lesbian or not, however you want to put it, gay means usually being happy, and most people who are of that orientation are not too happy. Uh, it's one of those things that happen in life. Anyway, um, <laughs> just sort of mentioning that. Okay, I'm going to give you another link here as well, uh, where you can buy lipase powder. To cheese, it's called a cheese maker. I'm, I'm just throwing a bunch of links in here tonight. So that you guys can start accessing these things that you're going to need in order to repair what we're dealing with today. I was talking to a colleague friend of mine down in, in the East Coast of the United States. Keep telling him to repunt because he needs to repunt. <laughs> I can hear some adjectives already coming from his from his thoughts. <laughs> Anyway, we were looking at something, and I'm going to share it with you guys. Now, this stuff is not cheap. Got to tell you, it's not cheap at all. In fact, you may need to take a third mortgage. But if you can afford it, some called MK677. Go look it up. MK-677. It's a growth hormone secretog that doesn't affect your growth hormone production. And it can help with a lot of you who are suffering from the ill effects of frequency damage, nanopoisoning damage, synthetic life infections, uh, uh, DNA uh, reorientation. I mean, it can help on a lot of different levels. Uh, you might want to still keep using things like creatine, whey proteins, uh, powders, like I said, to help regenerate and restore. You might want to keep using fermented dairy products, especially if they got the fat. There you go. Okay. I'm giving you a bunch of stuff here. If you're in the chat room, there's a whole plethora of things I'm giving you here so that you can share this with your networks individually, wherever you may be in the United States, Canada, South America, Caribbean, Europe, Asia, uh, the Baltic region, Africa, 
wherever you may be, look at these sites. If you can't get these things in your respective countries, then you may want to become innovative and create these things wherever you may live. Even if you can access these things, um, you may want to also learn how to make these things so that when the time comes and the Internet of Things is up and running and everything is chipped, tattooed, labeled, whatever, and you refuse to wear that chip, you'll have means of bartering. You know, bartering uh, materials with each other, having to be able to, again, share things with each other, helping heal each other, because we are going to be in those kind of times and days. So these things are going to help you at least get you informed, maybe get you innovated, so that you can start to build, start to assemble, start to do things so that um, you will have at your disposal different things around, about you. Uh, blood thickness. What's this going on here? Give me a second. How do... Uh, oh. Okay. The... Um, let me see. I got some more links here. Give me a second. I'm going to give you some patents so that you understand that these things are real with uh, lasered weaponry that we're being exposed to as well. Give me a second here. So tonight's going to be a night of links, studying, researching, so you're not duped into, you know, into things. Uh, I'm going to talk about that too on the internet. When you guys go online... And you hear people making comments, and some of those comments are ridiculous beyond belief. Um, you may want to make sure that you are aware of terminologies. I had a woman yesterday contact me, said somebody wrote something on my site, on my YouTube site, about that we weren't making liposomes, we were making emulsions. Well, obviously, the guy does not know what an emulsion is either. He never looked it up, he heard it from a doctor. Doctors are your worst source of information when it comes to alternatives, even on chemistry. A lot of them don't know chemistry. They just know, they just know how to write a script. That's it. And so when you are listening to doctors, you definitely have to double-check, triple-check what um, <laughs> uh, you might want to look at the what they're saying and really scrutinize what they're saying so that you're not made to feel in any way, shape, or form some kind of misconceptions or, or doubts or get you to waver in, in what you know. You know, when you look up, and, I, and so when the person emailed me, I said, okay, what is a liposome? So she went and looked it up. I said, now what's an emulsion? And so she went and looked that up. Then I explain her liposomes can be emulsions as well, but generally speaking, emulsions are two liquids that are mixed together and fused. Well, liposomes can be a, it's a fat molecule surrounding any kind of material going on and can be made very easily through either uh, centrifuge, through blending, through heat, through frequencies, through whatever means. So when you read moronic 
things coming from doctors, when you're reading people coming up with what they, again, because they don't know either, or what you're getting is a disinfo agent trying to, again, dissuade you from making these things yourself, this is where you need to pay attention. Pay attention, pay attention. Because if you listen to these people, you may miss out on a golden opportunity where you can make your own stuff, have at your disposal things that, uh, you know, that you can make. And it's important that you know how to make these things. The times will come when we're not always going to be able to go to a health food store or a pharmacy or a grocery store to buy things, okay? I, put, I even put a link on there uh, from Pinterest how to grow an indoor uh, hydroponic. They're saying that you can grow about six tons of food there. Can you imagine if you grew an array of herbs, supplied them with the correct mineral ratios, supplied them with the correct protein ratios, supplied them with the correct sulfur ratios, what you could actually grow? And by producing a wind-like effect or a sun-like effect, a heating effect, a sun-like effect, you can actually create in these plants the actual proper chemistry required to imbue the, into them what um, the properties they, that they normally would get in nature. This is very important because when we're buying a lot of things today and they're already, they're, they've been made or they've been, um, they're not wildcrafted anymore, they're just basically mass produced. A lot of these herbs don't work because they don't have the properties in them that they once had because what they, they're being mass produced uh, basically being hit with a uh, grow light, very little nutrients, uh, improper ratios of the nutrients. And so as a result, you don't get the antioxidant properties, the enzyme properties, the therapeutic properties that these plants would normally have because what gives them their properties is what they're exposed to in the environment. Rhodiola, for instance, is about 8,000 feet above, above sea level. It's exposed to high levels of solar radiation. It's exposed to high levels of cosmic radiation. It's exposed to high levels of wind, high levels of cold, high levels of ultraviolet. So as a result, this plant has developed a means to survive in that environment, producing all kinds of chemistry in order to be able to dwell in that atmosphere and, and, and the exposures that it's being exposed to. When it's being mass-produced mass at ground level, at sea level, and it's not exposed to the same environmental uh, immunobuilders that the plant requires, it doesn't have those properties. Therefore, it won't work the way it's supposed to. The best sources of rhodiola are coming either from Alaska, Sweden, Russia, or in the... Um, in the um, any of the high mountainous areas in Asia. Because the higher up it goes, the higher up it is, the more potent it is. So again, a lot of things that are being perpetrated in the health food industry today um, may be expressing certain facts and certain things that may have been true but if you're not getting those specific properties, those specific uh, components, then what you're getting has been mass-produced and it doesn't work. 
uh, it may not work. Or the other thing you may have to do is you may actually have to ferment it first in some kind of yogurt or some kind of culture in order to increase the yield of a specific component in the plant in order for it to be of any effect. I heard planting alfalfa will renew, renew your dirt, dirt, but not sure. Well, if you, if you do any kind of crop rotation when you're growing a farm or having a farm, that in itself, itself can have a renewing of the dirt. But you have to remember, we're not living in the good old days. See, everyone still thinks we're living in the good old days. Okay, we're not living in the good old days. We're living in chemtrailed, chem-loaded, atmospheric, nanoparticles uh, uh, pollution coming down on the earth so your dirt is loaded with nano and what a lot of you need to do is a lot of you need to go and take samples of your dirt and put it under a scope and take a look at all the fiber materials that are in the soil see we're 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 again this is my point nobody really pays attention We've been talking about nanotechnology, nanobiology, synthetic biology, XNA, carbon C60, nanotechnology, AI systems, and nobody is paying attention. That's the days we're living in today. That's what the dirt is exposed to today. That's what the sky is exposed to today. That's what the food supply is being exposed to today. Smart dust, smart particles, smart sensors are all over the dirt. So when you're talking to me, well, this is going to renew the soil. In order to renew the soil today, you would have to filter the soil of all this debris. And then once you put it back into the earth, you'd have to, co you'd have to cover it up so it doesn't get reloaded. That's an expensive venture, to say the least. So when we're talking today in regard to um, when we're talking today in regard to what we're at today, like I said, even when it comes to supplementation, even when it comes to foods you're buying, even when it comes to uh, any kind of ergonomic aid, you have to read the label. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to read the label. I was, like I was telling you, uh, last night I was, again, collaborating with a buddy of mine in the, on the East Coast. And we're looking at some stuff. And, we start, and the first thing we both do is we look at the component. We see how much is in it. And then we look at the other ingredients. First thing we do to see if this is not going to be some kind of a hijack. You need to do the same thing. You know, when we're looking at, I get this all the time on the emails too. I get people saying, well, how about, can you take a look at this product? Can you take a look and check on this one? Can you take a look and check on that one? Read. Read the other ingredients. I keep saying this, I keep emphasizing this because if you do not understand the terminology in the other ingredients, then chances are you shouldn't be buying that product. If you understand, if you understand that silicon dioxide is toxic and causes genetic damage, 
if you understand that um, titanium dioxide causes male sterility, if you understand that aluminum lake can cause spinal damage and can be uh, used as a xenoestrogen, if you understand... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Buddy of mine sends me a patent. Methods for Improving Health in Humans. I, I was going to say, I, I doubt anybody's going to read it, but I'll, po I'll post it. <laughs> I'll post it. <laughs> but will they read it? That's the, that's the question. Okay, there you go. That came from the eastern seaboard. You know, when we're looking at stuff you're buying... And if you're reading, and again, this is the other thing I get all the time. Everyone's talking to me about this guy said this, this guy said that, this guy said this. And, you, and they're always going to hyper-hype their products. Their product is the bestest of all products. Their product is going to you know, put hair in your chest, make a man out of you. You're going to be erected. You're going to be selected. You're going to have high beams. You're going to be firm. You're going to have a tight tush. You're going to have a flat six-pack. You're going to be able to lift 5,000 pounds. All these claims. That's the health food industry. That's the whole marketing game in the health food industry. Sex, vanity, uh, and dieting. That's the whole, whole game in a nutshell. You know, they're going to get you into anti-aging. And then they sell you a product that's going to give you an anti-aging aspect. And then they hijack the product with excipients that neutralize the product. Tony, what about toothpaste and shampoo? Anywhere you get it, you got a bunch of... Well, make your own. Sam, all you got to do to make toothpaste is baking soda. Baking soda, GSC, and a little water. And you made, you made um, uh, toothpaste. And if you, you want to add an essential oil to, into the uh, mixture, into the water, mix it, or, yeah, mix it up and then mix it into your baking soda, then let it, let it dry. It'll, it'll create like a paste. So every time you brush your teeth, you got, that, you got peppermint or some, whatever you're using as an essential oil. As far as the shampoo goes, just use a Castile soap, a simple Castile soap, and then you can modify that by adding copper to it, rosemary, coffee, essential oils, you know, and away you go. You know, what's, all shampoos are just soaps, soaps with polymer materials, so just buy a soap that doesn't have the polymer. Um, recently I brought something from the drugstore, didn't list the other ingredients in the box, just in the packet inside the box. By the time I got it open, I noticed that the other ingredients a little tricky. Didn't consume it since it was aspartame. There you go. And silica. I, I, when I'm in a health food store, I, I'll open up a box. If I don't see any of the ingredients on there, I'll pop open a box. I'll pull out the little insert and I will read it. I'll read it, you know, and I'll put it back. If it's good, I'll buy it. If not, it goes back. I'll put the insert back the way I found it. Shut the box and put it back on the shelf. You know, it's your body. It is your body. You know, that's how you got to think about it. Um, so just keep that in mind. Whatever you're putting in, if you're going to spend $30 for a vitamin or for a supplement or for a whey protein product or for a colostrum product, you know, it better have those ingredients in the product. Colostrum shouldn't be 10% colostrum and 90% milk. It should be 90 plus percent colostrum, 10% milk. That's what it should be. 
So when you're buying a package of colostrum, that's the first thing I would probably do is contact the company and see and see if that if what the ratios are of colostrum. Same with the whey. Whey protein or whey isolates, whey hydrosolates, whey concentrates should be the bulk of that product should be about 90 to 95 percent whey. Okay, or higher. Shouldn't have anything in it other than whey protein. Maybe flavoring with vanilla or cocoa. No aspartame. No no NutraSweet. No uh, Splenda. None of that should be in there. Yeah, the whey products. It's very hard to find a good whey product. I did find one here in Ontario at Costco. I don't know the name of it right off the bat. Uh, I have been in the health food stores in Michigan. They do have a couple there too. They're pretty clean. They got nothing in them. Uh, but the problem with them is, for one pound can, you're spending like thirty-five bucks. That is ridiculous. For whey, all the milk that America produces, you mean to tell me whey has become that expensive? But see, you can buy a cheap soy protein. You can buy a cheap pea protein. You can buy a cheap rice protein, which are very toxic to you, high, highly estrogenic, poorly absorbed, low on the BB rating, and usually most part has a glyphosate contamination to them. Those you can buy cheap enough. They want you to buy this stuff because it's cheaper. And then they market it as some kind of, oh, this is good stuff for you. This is going to give you big muscles. This is going to, all the nonsense that goes with it. So, like I said, pay attention to these things, you know. When, I guess some people sometimes contacting me on email as well, and they're doing a diagnostic with people. I had a guy today contact me and um, was telling me that he had a person that had certain specific issues going on, and it was all tied to the thyroid and iodine. And they started giving them cruciferous vegetables. I said that was the worst thing you could have done. Since they're already low in iodine and have thyroid issues going on, you don't want to complicate the thyroid. And so I explained to him why he shouldn't be doing these things. But if you hear the jargon on the health food industry, you would give cruciferous vegetables for certain things. But if you actually analyze, if a woman has a breast issue going on and a thyroid issue going on, then you can right away tie the two together to iodine, not a broccoli. And if you start giving them the iodine and increase the iodine, all of a sudden they might see the reversing of some of the issues going on. So when you're looking at things even going on in your body, look for the connections that are there. If you got this going on and you got something else going on and you got something else going on, and they're all tied to certain elements, chances are you're deficient in those elements. It's a good starting place to start to see if that will fix the issue. If it doesn't fix the issue, then you have to keep on through the process of elimination of what's going on and what to actually do. And sometimes, sometimes it's required you go to a doctor and get a blood, blood uh, testing done. So that they can see what's going on, or even glandular te gland testing, or whatever. Uh, cruciferous veggies are high in estrogen too, aren't they? Um, they're highly goitrogenic, and it would depend on the vegetable that you're talking about. 
but all of them are very highly goitrogenic. So when you're talking goitrogens, you're talking components that can damage the thyroid. Broccoli, cauliflower, uh, uh, cabbage, uh, daikon, uh, turnip, kohlrabi, mustard seed. These all have thyroid damaging problems. Now, having said this, doesn't mean you can't eat them. You can eat them sparingly without any problems if you, again, for a short interim and then get off. They do have help. Even horseradish can have goitrogenic effect. But I will give somebody horseradish in the, in the winter months if they have a severe respiratory infection for a short interval. And then again, I may, may up the iodine. I may up the uh, selenium just to keep things balanced. So again... It's all a matter of your approach and what you're seeing, what you're connecting. Sometimes you can see several different things going wrong with the body. And a lot of times the, con- the connections are telling you that they're all, they all are suffering from the same deficiencies. So again, you know, this is where, like I said, research, read, study, experiment, read, study, experiment. You may find, if you apply that simple principle, you may find how much nonsense the health food industry has told you at what is considered to be a good dose to help you heal. When you find that they tell you to take one to two capsules a day, they're not giving you anything there other than a maintenance dose. <clears throat> and then you have to look at the capsule itself to see whether or not there's enough of the component in it. Or you may have to do enough research to see how much of the something you have to take before you start seeing a therapeutic effect on whatever you're dealing with. That's something, again, you've got to pay attention to. You've got to remember, this industry is a prostitute. Always remember that. It's out there to pickpocket your wallet. And it doesn't care what gender you are. doesn't care if you're a male doesn't care if you're female, doesn't care if you're gay, doesn't care if you're transgender, it doesn't care if you're hermaphrodite, it doesn't care. As long as you've got something in your wallet that's used, is considered tender, they are going to try to take it from you. And they will blow whatever sunshine up your backside in order to get your dollar. That's the way it rolls. The onus is completely on you to investigate, uh, read, test, and see what is up and down. Even when you go to uh, some, some people are very proficient at with this stuff. You know, uh, like I said, a buddy of mine out east, he's really good at what he does too. He uh, he studies everything to death. He's always experimenting. We're always bouncing ideas off each other. You know, he's comes up. He's coming up with some good formulas. I come up with formulas. We're always tweaking. We're always you know whatever. And that's what you need to do. If you can get a group of you together, a couple of you, you know, working together on stuff like this, where you're experimenting, you're reading something, okay, you're examining what you're reading, and then you decide, I'm going to try a little bit more, okay. Well, one, you know, one, one can try it, one can sit back, or one both can try it, and one can tweak it. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do, and then what you do is you bring back to the table what you've seen, what you actually seen. Okay, my buddy there, he, um, he was using certain essential oils I never used. And because I was to, under the impression they could be toxic, and he told me, ah, baloney. <laughs> so 
So I said, okay, I'm game, I'm good. And I did the same thing. There were certain central oils I used, and he was a little bit right. I said, ah, that's all nonsense. You go for it, you know. And that's how you help each other. It's like a check and balance. You know a little something. Somebody else knows a little something. I've taken this much, and it doesn't do anything to me. Somebody else, oh, I've taken this, and this doesn't do it. This doesn't hurt you at all. Yeah, and this is how you come up with answers. It's called brainstorming. You know, it's called um, interaction with each other. You know, testing and testing the waters, investigation. This is part of how people investigate. This is how the scientific community does it. One lab over here does the research. Another lab over here does the research. They they check their results. One looks at this. One looks at that. They see what they've done. If there's been any kind of uh, alteration in the procedure, if there's anything been added, anything been taken away, uh, you may find, I'll give an example, taking copper chloride. It's working really good, but all of a sudden now you're having issues with copper. You may be getting a little too much. That's because you're not balancing it out with zinc. Should be balanced out with zinc. Also niacinamide. So when... You are doing a copper solution or a zinc solution of any kind. You want to take copper or zinc with it, depending which one you're, you're focusing on, just to sustain the balance. I was listening to a doctor a couple weeks ago, and he was telling us all the wonders how copper was so poisonous, and copper was this, and copper was that, and oh, copper, copper, copper. And I looked at his research, and in one second I figured out that he never even considered that it wasn't a copper poisoning, but a zinc deficiency. See, this is how the medical field think. They're very um, monolateral. They don't look in different directions. Tony, what does copper or toxic feel like? I don't know. I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> I take 20 to 30 times the amount of copper I'm supposed to be taking, according to the RDA, according to the industry. I'm still waiting for the toxicity to happen. And I'm using a copper chloride, which is even more absorbable in this, on the cellular level. I am still waiting. And I've been doing it for three years or more. But see, when I take copper, I also take zinc. Okay, I have copper chloride and zinc oxide. Okay, see, so take the zinc oxide... Take three, uh, 3% uh, hydrogen peroxide, pour in half a bottle in a container, get some hydrochloric acid or muriatic acid, mix equal amounts in the same container, make sure it's not metal, make sure it's a glass container of some kind, of the uh, muriatic acid with the peroxide, and take a tablespoon or two tablespoons of the copper or the zinc oxide, put it in there, Throw it in there and then stir it with a chopstick, not with a metal, not with metal. Okay, not with metal. Chopstick or a wooden spoon. Okay, once it dissolves and keep your distance because it will release a chlorine gas. We show you that on the YouTube. Okay, so stir it up and back off and let the gas disperse. And you'll have made zinc chloride. And you might want to test it with litmus paper just to make sure it's not acidic. If it's still a, if it's still a bit on the acidic side, just either add more water or add more zinc oxide to you neutralize the acid. Either way. So 
when we're talking toxicity, the first thing you want to look at is maybe it's not a toxic overload, but maybe you've got the balance to that material deficient. You're not getting enough zinc. So what you may have to do is you may have to back off the copper, incorporate more zinc until your system comes back to normal. Same thing with zinc and manganese. Manganese can overload the body too, but both zinc and manganese also regulate the insulin. They both regulate the immune system. They both support the mitochondria. And they both produce, when together, produce SOD, just like zinc and copper. But if you got too much of one and not enough of the other, you could wind up having an imbalance. So always remember that when you're hearing these doctor gurus talking about, you know, <laughs> a deficiency, a poison, a toxicity. <laughs> you shouldn't use that. Because the things that they might be telling you that is toxic and problematic may be the thing you need to fight off biofilm. Maybe the thing you need to fight off some kind of STD. Maybe the thing you need to boost your immune system. Maybe the thing you need to keep your brain functioning the way it's supposed to. You see what I'm saying? And they will continue to tell you that, oh, it's bad for you. And then what happens is you'll get an idiot or a moron or a goofball or somebody just dumber than a bag of rocks will listen to these guys without doing any investigation on their own. Tony, is there an honest lab that tests deficiencies? Uh, I'm sure there are. I don't think they're all bad, but again, how much are you willing to spend? Uh, I don't deal with doctors in that realm. I get people that go to a doctor and they get the blood work, and then and based on that blood work, you can see if there is a deficiency, and sometimes there is no deficiency either. Sometimes a person is just a little bit low and they say, oh, you got a problem. Or you're within a 0.1 margin. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Oh, we got to get you in. We got to cut this. We got to laser that. We got to, you know, we got to, whoa, you're going to die. <laughs> I don't know anybody today whose body's operating at 100% efficiency. Tony, I have copper sulfate. What could I do with it? Well, you can put it in your garden. You could turn it into a solution. You can take it orally. You could spray it on wounds. But I'll tell you something. If you spray copper sulfate on the wound, be prepared to do a dance. <laughs> it will sting like hell. <laughs> but whatever is there is dead. <laughs> you won't have to worry about any kind of infection with that stuff. <laughs> Copper is very powerful, you know, and when you add a sulfur component to it, you amplify it. Just about anything you add sulfur to will amplify it. Zinc sulfate, copper sulfate, you know, magnesium sulfate, which is Epsom salt. You know, you got a lot of things, and there's so many combinations, you know. If you can go back in time and find literature that was written in the 1920s, 1910, 1900s, 1800s, you might just be surprised what they were using back in those days to treat infectious diseases and they weren't getting vaccinated and they all lived to about 90. 
So. <laughs> yeah. Copper sulfate takes no prisoners. <laughs> if it's there, it's dead. <laughs> and it'll let you know that whatever was there died. <laughs> you could even make a dilution of copper sulfate and spray it in your hair. Now you've got two things that feed the hair, copper and sulfur. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. A lot of things. Yep. So, like I said, you know, there, the amount of knowledge that we have today. Okay, If you listen to the current data and the current status, a lot of it today is questionable. Not saying disregard it. I'm saying investigate it, validate it. When we're looking at something from the 1920s and the 1930s, uh, again, my buddy there out in the East Coast just um, let me know about a doctor who was curing all STDs. Everyone. He was using selenium and he was fusing it with a oil, tongue oil, which was an omega-3 oil. Now, it's funny that he made that choice because omega-3s break down myelin sheet. But in this situation, you want to break down the myelin sheet so that the selenium can get inside the cell and kill the STD. And the guy was given out 750 milligrams. Not micrograms, milligrams. And nobody died. Nobody had a side effect. They all lived. Imagine that. And today, you get these doctors selling you these rancid omega-3 fatty acids that cause myelin sheet damage, which open you up to all kinds of infections, all kinds of infectious diseases, all kinds of frequency damage. And they keep on selling it because they get endorsed by these companies. They're selling you rancid omega-3 fats. This is why I tell a lot of you, leave the omega-3s alone because they are all rancid. And then what they did in this health food industry, just to show you how, um, how, unscru how, scrupulous, how unscrupulous they were, they took the rancid omega-3 fats and then decide to sell them as fermented oil. Now, anybody who's got a lick of sense understands that you can't ferment fat. You can ferment sugar. Sugar you can ferment. Fat you can't. If you're fermenting fat, that means you've got a rancid oil. You know, but, and again, this is what the health food industry is propagating. A rancid fat as a health product. Oh, have some fermented fish oil. It's good for you. Who benefited there? The fishing industry. Because the fishing industry did not have to spend the money on removing the waste from wherever they had to remove it and to store it or discard it. They just sold it to the health food industry. The health food industry then sold it to you. And then a lot of you started having health issues shortly thereafter. <laughs> and didn't know why you're having problems because all this time you've been hearing that this 
Stuff is good for you. It's great. It's going to help you. It's going to do this. It's, it's got DHA. It's got this. It's got that. You know. Just like you know the newer products coming out today. People are asking me all these questions about the hydrogen. See, this is what they do. They get you fixated on a product or product line. And then what happens is you pay attention to that product thinking this product is going to be great. But then nobody's saying, well, what happens when I expose these products to terahertz frequencies, to cell tower frequencies, to phone for, uh, cell phone frequencies? Tony, I see eggs with, now with omega-3. What do you think of this? Not much. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of anything with omega-3. If omega-3 is going to break down the myelin sheet of your cell, why consume it? I want an egg with saturated fat. I want an egg that has an orangey, reddish color to it. I don't want no yellow egg. I want an egg that's got the beta-carotene, the phosphorus, the the, uh, vitamin A, the... um, the brain food, part of the brain. That's what eggs feed the brain. I want the protein because it's the highest BB rated protein. I That's what I'm looking for in an egg. I'm not looking for an omega-3. I could care less about omega-3. I'm looking for what the egg is going to do for me. Well, they're feeding them flaxseed. That's what's happening. They're feeding the chickens flaxseed oil. Now, what are or flaxseed or, or maybe they're giving them oil too. But the flaxseed is very hard to break down in the gut, even in the chicken's gut. So, see, like I said, it's one thing to say you're feeding a bird or the chicken eggs are having omega-3. Do they really? I don't know. But that's not the big thing I look for. Tony, I'm looking for a material to make a pyramid to use for hydroponic growing. I haven't found anything that's safe so far. Any suggestions? Why don't you use copper? Plants need copper. You know, why don't you even use calcium? Plants, the soil needs calcium. You know. These are things you can do. When I get some zinc and copper, that makes brass. Brass is usually a combination of zinc and copper or zinc and tin. What's, what's Speaking of eggs... What's the chemistry behind white and brown shells? Paint. <laughs> Paint. The white shells are painted brown and they're selling to you as brown eggs. <laughs> it's what the chicken is eating. If they're really brown eggs, it's what the chicken is eating. A lot of times your brown eggs are spray painted. That's why you got so many of them. A real egg. If any of you have ever seen a real white egg. A real white egg is almost blue. It's got a blue hue. It's not even really fully white. So, you know. um, If you ever have a chicken and the shell is as hard as cement. If the chickens are eating the grasses and the bugs. I'm telling you, you need a hammer to crack the egg. So, when I see all these brown eggs are being sold in the grocery store, 
Take a look at some of them sometimes. You may see some spotting on the eggshell where that was paint residue. Paint. Paint. When you crack open a brown egg, is it orange? Is it red? Or reddish? That's the color it should be. Okay, the MicroEffect Broadcasting Network. Again, support the network. Where else are you going to get cutting-edge information but from the micro-effect? So again, support them any way you can. Support them any way you can. Okay, you got ByeBlueSky.com, GagCanada.com, Brian396.com, AugmentInForce.com. Four sites to check up on all kinds of topics, whether they be chemtrails, nanotechnology, nanobiology, synthetic biology, frequencies, AI, the na- you name it, nano, it's all there. Check it out. You need to keep up, keep aware of what's going on. My site at augmentandforce.com. You might want to check the catalog link. There are flash drives there. There are books there on DVDs. There's all kinds of uh, buckets, triangles. There's all kinds of things. I will be adding more and more things to it. There's repulsors in there as well. You need a consultation, that's there. I'm available as well. Feel free to give me a call, 519-977-5351. Again, if you need a consultation, let me know. Uh, For those of you in Europe, if you need anything shipped to Europe, just to let you know, give you a heads up, it is a a severe cost to ship to Europe. And if you want a tracking number, the cost goes up higher. Just to give you a heads up, we're just talking to another colleague today who ships things to Europe. She sent a $5 item in Canada, and it costs $40 to send it to the United Kingdom. It's absolutely absurd. I was going to send a guy a bucket in Sweden. The bucket was $300, and the ship it to him was going to cost $1,200. So, like I said, we're showing you how to make these things for a reason. So, if you can't, you know, if you can make the stuff yourself. You know, if you can't and you're in Europe, unfortunately, that's the way it is. It's a raping for you guys over there. So I can't help. You know, and I got to let you know up front. So if you're hearing these shows, if you can find a mailing system that's inexpensive that we can utilize on this side to send stuff to you on that side, please let me know. Again, my email is independs at yahoo.com. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-Z at yahoo.com. Um, so again, uh, just giving everybody a heads up, um, the mailing is not what it used to be either, since the postal companies took over the Amazon accounts, um, seems like everybody else has gotten kicked to the curb. So if your products are slow in getting to you, and they were shipped out early part of December, and you still haven't got them, Chances are they're still stuck in limbo. Um, just so everybody has a heads up. Okay. Um, anyway, check out those links. If you can find MK-677, and you can find a pretty good deal on it, and it doesn't have an excipient mi- mixture to it, whether it's a powder or capsule, send me an email again. It depends at yahoo.com. So we can take a look at it to see what's going on. It seems like it's a good product. If it, even if it does half the things it says it can do, it will be worth the money. If it can do half the things it says it can do, I'm 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 all for 100%. But if I can get 50% out of a product these days, 
I think it's a good product. You know, because again, the way they have manipulated and cajoled everything right out the door. Um, let's see if I got the document here. Give me one second. I got to see if it's still here. Because um, there was a meeting at um, Thamesville. And I don't have the documentation in front of me, or do I? Let's see here. Nope. Where'd it go? Crap. Okay, I guess I'll we'll get you in. All right, we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, I'll talk about this meeting at Thamesville on the 15th of January. So if you haven't heard it, go listen to the show previous. I did a, I read a script from it so that you guys in Ontario, especially in that area, can go to that meeting and raise hell about the smart meters. Well, I hear the music. Okay, listen, you guys have a good weekend. Study. Come up with good ideas. See you next week. Take care.